a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Big show coming up on Footy Talk, Gordy. The poor old sharks, they're going to miss the top eight. They've turned into wobbygongs, haven't they? Those toothless sharks. <laughs> what is that? I don't know, mate, I don't know what sort of shark is the is the one that just comes up and you can just pat it. Is it a wobbygong? Because it's certainly not a great <laughs> a white at the shark. moment. Stay with us here because we're going to delve into all of that technical stuff about footy and uh, <laughs> species of sharks. Hello and welcome to another Monday edition of Footy Talk. Emma Lawrence and Gordon Tallis. Gordy, only a few weeks to go. The season, I think we've got about six rounds to go. And let's start with the Sharkies. I was there <laughs> at Shark Park yesterday. What, what's gone though. wrong with them? No, they weren't. They, they weren't. played they for about 12 up at minutes, time. honestly. Yeah. <laughs> mate, it was a, mate, it was like an away game and their <laughs> bus broke down and they turned <laughs> up at half time, wasn't it? No, I... I the Sharkies are strange. I mean, I think last year they surprised everybody, a bit like the Cowboys, right? I I didn't expect, you know, with Nico Hines signing, a guy that was playing 14 and 1 and 6 at Melbourne Storm come in and, you know, become a Dally M player and, you know, take the Sharks into the top four. I didn't, I didn't envisage that happening last year. And this year, I think it's where I think the Sharks are. They don't have, they don't have a powerful forward pack. Watching it yesterday, they don't have any punch through the middle, <clears throat> middle of the ruck. Nico Hines is a running 5'8". He, so, he likes getting the ball and going after quick play. The ball's running, creating numbers with, you know, the slider hand, but like running. And they're not punching through the middle. That's what happens. So whenever a side stands up to Cronulla and gets in their face, I don't think they have a plan B. It's just Nico's ball, and that's why Morland, I think, got dropped last week because he's supposed to be the plan B. So when it's seven and they're numbering up on your seven, well, then you go to your six, a bit like Nathan Cleary and Luai, you know, and then if that's not happening, well, then your fullback gets it out the back and there's open space and if not, your number nine starts creeping through the middle of the ruck. Well, do you see that at the Sharks or is it just all Nico? Yeah. So that's what I see. And then Nico really likes, dare I say it, but every like he's a front foot player. Like he likes it on the run. He likes a retreating defence. But if you stop Cronulla's go forward, which they've been doing every team, that's what they do. They just stop their go forward. So how do you stop Nico? Well, it's not stopping Nico because Nico still creates. He's still dangerous with the ball. But what they're doing is they're just stopping and limiting the Sharks go forward, which limits Nico. It's just, it's just that simple. And then when they get us, you know, when they start getting some go forward and then they had, you know, Jesse Ramian on an edge that was pretty much in career best form and you had Talakai that was such a brute on the other side. So then if they were, you know, getting held up in the middle, they would have an early shift and they were making metres and they were playing like that. Well, that sort of all fell away, hasn't it? So I just think that Cronulla, when they're running games on, Nick goes on. And I just think that they've been getting defended pretty well of late and it started with their ruck defence. You know, Manly yesterday come out and they got in their face and they couldn't handle it. So currently in sixth on 26 points, but you've got the Eels in eighth on 24 and the yeah. Rabbitohs in ninth on 24. So the Sharks are in real danger of missing the eight and their next two yes. games are Penrith and the Rabbitohs. Yes. Do you genuinely you think expect, they'll miss no. it? Well, you don't expect them to win those games, do you? It'd be tough. And then you look at the way the Knights have won. 
on the weekend, you thought, okay, you know, it's the week after Origin. We got through where there was a bit of fatigue with some sides. Teams were rested. Competition's back on. Everybody sort of pulls the whip. The sides at the front are trying to rest their place and make sure that the ship still goes forward and all the ones are trying to jostle to, you know, get a better position. Well, with the Knights winning, with the Raiders and the Warriors going one point, I think the competition is back on. Manly beating the Sharks. There's another one. So watch this space. So like, you know, every week, like we're trying to say that they're not going to make it and they're playing this side and and that's because you think that they're going to get beaten by the sides above them, but it's not happening at the moment. It's so hard to pick. It's so it jammed it up at the bottom of the eight and just outside the eight. So Manly now, one point outside That's the right. eight after that win. So they, them and the Knights can genuinely make it. And then the Sharks, well, as you just said, what is it, Penrith? Penrith and the Rabbitohs, the following two matches. Well, on their current form, you can't tip them, can you? And the Cowboys, Bunnies and Eels all still have a bye. But the eels have a real tough run home the too. Eels so do. You they know, have mate, a watch this space. Team. So anyway, we're going to have we're going to have a lot to talk about uh, leading into the weekends because there's some much, and there's going to be upsets. There's some teams that must win, like they just have to win. And I say, well, how do you win? You just got to win. But mm. you know, watching the weekend, certainly the top eight, which we thought it was in the nine teams, only the only the Cowboys could have jumped in there and maybe put pressure on the Sharks. Well, it's kind of I eleven teams now, start, hey? Yeah. <laughs> There you go. So I reckon that they've all just – but I think the Knights have given themselves a fighting chance. Like I really do. I think the way they're playing at the moment, um, the way they attacked Melbourne Storm, I think that, you know, that they're a chance of still upsetting some sides on the way through to the finals. It's crazy. So close. Um, let's talk about Nico Hines. So he sprayed the ref, Ooh. or more so the touchy really – he has an official. Let's just say official, it's an yeah. official. So reg- it doesn't really matter who it is. If you've sprayed an official, sworn, regardless yes. of what you say, do you think he should have? So he's escaped with no fine, no suspension. Are you happy Be- with that? Because decision? he didn't use the C word. Which C word are we talking? The worst one. C H E A T. The one, the one that the referees hate getting called yeah. is a cheat. So if he didn't you know, directed at him, say, well, you cheated. And I watched the pass and do you know what? I think he probably, he's frustrated, right? It's just frustrated. I don't think it's in Nico's, do you know, I don't think it's in Reese Walsh's either, right? But Reese Walsh, if they're consistent, no one knew whether he was talking to Patrick Carrigan. It took four hours. <laughs> but you knew who Nico Hines was talking to. Mm. Mm, so there's the inconsistency with the fans. So now it comes down to swearing. And as I said, when and then I got shut down when I'm, oh, you're just sticking up for Reese because he's a Queenslander. No, if you swear around a referee, it's got to be consistent. Mm-hmm. So what the fans want is consistency. Go ask a Broncos fan now, do they think it's fair that Nico Hines? No, they'll be it, filthy. Well, I don't know whether they'll be filthy. I just think that it's they don't not- think it's fair. When you get someone where Reese Walsh actually with his – like, I just watched him. As soon as he said it, he runs to the referee. I, I wasn't talking to you, right? So there is a judgment. So for four hours, they sat there. And no one really knew whether he was talking to Patrick Carrigan or the referee. You knew exactly who Nico Hines mm. was talking to. And yet, there's nothing. So all you want to do with officials, we know they're going to get things wrong, but you want them to be consistent. So if we are being consistent, you would have liked to see Nico cop some kind of no, punishment. No, 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 don't try to put it back on no. me. I'm Emma. I'm clarifying. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want I want the game to be consistent. Yeah. I want 
I want the officials to be consistent. I think the fans want them to be consistent. And if they say, oh, no, there's nothing in that and that, well, when it happens to your club, because my opinion would be that I don't think there's much in either of them. Yeah. Right? But if one bloke gets three weeks, the next guy's got to get three weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're consistent, if if the NRL is parents, if they're the parents, you can't favour one child over the other. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, the Sharks will be happy at least because Nico will be there for their crucial matches against Penrith and Souths over the next fortnight. And as they battle it out for those last few spots in the eight, as we look at the top four, that looks reasonably set. But the Cowboys, great win over the Eels. Let's talk about them. Do you think they have to? Do you think they have to be in the top four? Traditionally, we say, okay, if you're not in the top four, you're not going to win the comp. But given this late run the Cowboys have had, can you see them breaking that trend and winning the comp from outside the top four? I do. I do because I think that when it comes to the finals, if you can get there healthy, if you can get there, and if they can see themselves and entrench. If they can get into the top eight with a couple of weeks to go and they know that they're going to play and they can rest the players that need to be rested just to get over the niggles and they got momentum in finals, what you need in finals is momentum. Because if I think the Cowboys, the way they're playing and what they beat Storm, Penrith, Parramatta, all in a row, didn't they, in yeah. three games or whatever, and then they beat the Tigers 74-0. That was a really good month of footy. So if they can put a month or five weeks of footy together – they can win the competition. The other team that I think can win it outside that don't have to finish in the top four is South Sydney. Yeah. And when they say, can you win it out of the top four, the reason why sides haven't won it out of the top four because it hasn't been a South Sydney sitting there that had players, had injuries, you know, through the middle of the year and had suspensions and had origin and had Luttrell didn't play for 10 weeks. So they dropped games, you know, like they dropped three or four games that they probably should have won through that period, which would have put them in the top four. That's why... Sides haven't won it out of the top four. Mm. I do give South a chance and I do give the Cowboys a chance. Do you? I give the Cowboys a chance purely based on the fact that they're all coming back because they had a horrendous run with injuries and suspensions at the start of the year. And last year they barely used any plays. They used the least amount of plays in their squad of any team, which is why we saw them finish so highly in that top four. But now that they're all back, for sure, I can see them winning the comp. Same here. And then... And it comes down to momentum. It comes down to being fresh. I think Nanai said, well, uh, what is he? He's got an AC joint, like a clavicle. Yeah. You know, you can probably needle that. It just comes down to pain and managing the pain. So, you know, if they get a couple of games up, they can give him a week off, you know, so there's no contact for 10 days or 12 or could even be 14 days on it, right, as well. So then there's, so there's a couple of bonuses and their origin players because – they might have had a really short preseason. No one really has scratched the surface on the Cowboys, but last year a lot of them played World Cup. Mm. You know, they were young kids that we hadn't heard of, played Origin, played for Australia, all got upgrades. They would have been a lot to deal with. They come back, they have a short preseason. You know, they started the season slow, but they've been able to turn it around. Mm. And then they got flogged at Leichhardt Oval by your wonderful Tigers that night, and then I thought, their season's over. And then they just turned it around. And that's an amazing turnaround. And right now, if you look at their stats, they're the second best side in the competition to Penrith. Yeah. So don't look at what they were doing before. You look at what they're doing now. So if they're the second best team in the last six weeks, Mm. statistically, they can win the comp. It could also become the first team to win the comp after conceding 50 points in a season because we love to throw that out there every single year. As soon as they concede 50, there you go. But look. They could be but the don't ones. forget, but don't forget, all these kids in now, 
have been the Toyota Cup and the Holden Cup. Mm. So remember when it used to be 50 points every week? So then all these kids are finally there now. So maybe they don't carry their divots as much as we would. Mm. You know how if you lose by that much, the older players of my age group, because that very rarely happened, 30, 30 was a big score. Yeah. You know, and if they got the 40, well, that was horrendous. And if they got the 50, well, you're wooden spooners. <laughs> you're playing for the Tigers. <laughs> Poor old Tigers. <laughs> Sorry. They get Sorry. a rest this week, actually, from our Monday show. But I tell you what, we'll take a quick break. <laughs> Do they? We've decided, I think producer Charlie has decided they get a week off. But okay, well, we'll that's have fair a break you know, and we'll give they, the Warriors. You know they deserve it. They deserve a break. We'll have a quick one and then we'll come back and we'll give the Warriors a big rap. <laughs> All right, Gordy, the Warriors under Andrew Webster. I mean, he could get coach of the year, had an incredible season. Well, but he will. He will. You would think. It's probably mm. out of – it all depends where the Broncos finish. Mm. But I believe wherever – the Warriors or Brisbane finish because they both in the last couple of years, like let's be serious, they were both right down the bottom. I think Broncos got a wooden spoon. I'm not sure whether the Warriors have. So with what both clubs have been able to do and especially Webby over there, it's been outstanding. And, you know, we've, you know, we spoke about their run home. They could easily win five games and I think they got a bye as well. So they've got Titans, Tigers, Manly, Dragons, Dolphins. Are there five matches? Plus the Tell buy, so the buy this week. Do you reckon they can? They could get a top two spot, really, with that. Well, and then that's well, and then that's a graveyard, right? So to go over there and play finals, you would think it would be it would be a sellout. You see the big fella there with the Joker paint on his face. They get the drums going, the fire. It could be a rainy, greasy sort of night. The way that they're playing, they can. The Warriors don't beat themselves, you know. I've been just watching them, and the Warriors of old, no matter what happens, they would there'd be some sort of way that they'd shoot themselves in their foot, mm. you know, and they just make so many mistakes and gift sides points, but they're just not doing that at the moment. They're just getting into the long game. They're absolutely outstanding, whether they can go to the next level, right? So they tick all those boxes. Mm. But when you get to the finals and you get Penrith and you get Brisbane and you get South and you get Melbourne Storm and you've got to beat those guys all in a row, can they do it? They beat the Raiders. Mm. And I hope they can. The what Raiders a story shouldn't have got be. that close, really. You know, two tries in the last, what, two or three minutes. They were sort of in control of that game as well. So they just keep on jumping the hurdles. The hurdles keep on getting higher. It's like Tatiana Gregora gave her at the, uh, <laughs> at the 2000 oh, Yeah, that's her, at the 2000 her. Olympics. Just keep on going. <laughs> the, the bar just keeps on rising and they just keep on getting over it. That's the only pole vaulting name that I remember. And, um, Strange. Wasn't though. her husband a pole vaulter as well? Don't remember him. someone. Don't I don't know off the top him. of my head. She's hard to <laughs> Come forget. Come on. She's yeah. hard to forget. Obviously, just for her athletic abilities, nothing else. Okay, so if the Warriors can, if they have that top two spot, they essentially, you can Could you imagine going see. over there, right? Could you imagine packing your bags here? It's going to get warmer weather. So let's just fast forward. It's going to be six weeks. It's going to be warmer mm. in Australia. So if you're the Broncos and you finish third, it's 26 degrees. You go from hot to go over there and it could be raining, miserable weather. You don't have one fan. It is a, it is a tough road trip. You put that in with, you know, probably going to going to Canberra in the middle of 
winter or going up to North Queensland and if there's a Saturday afternoon game, you know, when the weather turns and it's, you know, 32 degrees and you're coming from Sydney where it's 18 or 19, it can just be a bit of a swing and, you know, but that's what you like, you know. I watch it in the NFL. I'm a bit of an American sports fan and they can play in the snow and if you don't have a dome, they can play in all different play in all different conditions, but that's what you get when you're the home team. So I uh, watch this space with the Warriors, but there's no doubt if they get two home games, we spoke about it yesterday on the Sunday Sinbin, that there could be a chance that they could be there until grand final day. Mm. They could play their finals there. That'd be huge. Yeah. No travel. You go there. If it's an afternoon game, it's like, if it's a three o'clock game, it's like you're playing at one. And if it's a night game, it's earlier. So, you know, and then the shoes on the other foot, if they've got to come here and play a 7.30 game or 8 o'clock kickoff, that's 10 o'clock their mm. time. It can be a really big swing. And I think the home and away finals is huge. Mm. And I love the way they do that. Back in my era, every big game was played at the SFS, which was great. But to get a home final, if you're a North Queensland Cowboy or New Zealand or Melbourne or Broncos or the Raiders, it's big. Mm. It's massive. And in Penrith, right, and they go, look, playing at Penrith, but they could go to Bank West and all their members get it. So I think it comes down to crowd, but if they can get the crowd there and get in a bigger stadium, I'm not too big on, you know, the smaller grounds turning away 20,000 rugby league fans. Mm. I do believe that if you're in a Westing team that you get to play at Bank West or whatever, Combank now it is, but you get the right to buy every ticket first. Yeah. Penrith do, because that's what you get. And if you're in, you know, and if you're, and you can play at Allianz as well. And then that's your advantage. Yeah. That you pick your dressing room, you get all that, you get all your corporate boxes, all that kind of stuff. That sort of makes you tick. But if you're away, that's what I do for like Sydney teams. They have to go to a bigger stadium if they're not over 25 or 30,000 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because Brisbane, like it'll be 52. You think over there in New Zealand it'll be, I don't know, 30 or whatever it is. Yeah. You know. Well, it'll be an incredible atmosphere over there, that's for sure. Maybe we can get uh, Monday footy talk broadcast from over there. We'll try and sort that out. All right, so let's finish with some player movement news. And Jerome Luai has left his manager to manage himself. So he was managed by SFX, who then had Nathan Cleary, Dylan Edwards, a lot at Penrith. I love it. I love it. I do a, yeah, I do a few negotiations myself. I think it's fantastic if you watch with what's happened in the CBA. The players don't generally go in there and negotiate their own contracts. They're normally package deals because their managers pack package them all up and sell them as a group of three or four players. And and now they all know what's going to happen with a billion dollars mm. when it comes to the CBA. So I'm all four players coming in and negotiating themselves. At least they'll get the truth. Yeah. At least they'll get the truth. Do you think that means we will see, there's more chance that we'll see Jerome leave Penrith because his manager had Nathan Dillon. Well, the fact that now. No. No? No, I just think that he will know. Uh, I don't know what he does. I don't know whether he rings around himself. I don't know whether they reach out to him and he gives all the clubs their phone number. I don't know how he works on the third party deals. Mm. Right? But he's going to learn really fast. But I'm glad that he's put himself out there. Do you think you know, he would yeah. want at some stage to – I mean, it's working so well with Nathan and he's played with Nathan since he's 15. But do you think at one point he would want to, you know, Jump I want to run shadow? the team. Yeah, I don't want to be yeah, in Nathan's shadow forever. Of, well, that's a question for him. So there's two things, you know. Does 
is that his burning desire to you know to go? We watched Cooper Cronk do it with the Melbourne Big Three to the Roosters, and we've watched other players do it. And if that's him, and if he believes that he's the package deal, and we all sort of called him that through, and he believes that he only gets picked for New South Wales because of Nathan Cleary, I thought he was outstanding yesterday, Louis Ashley. Mm. Uh, I thought he played better than Nathan, but Nathan has had six weeks off. But you know, watch this space. But I'm intrigued on how he's going to get it done. But that's fantastic. Whether it's going to be a distraction to him uh, or not, when is he off contract or does he start ringing around in November, driving around or puts his number out there and people ring him? You'd love to be a fly on the wall. Mm. Does he take his like JBL, like the speaker in there and do a little rap dance for him? Say, this is what I can bring you. You know, mate, this is the vibe <laughs> I've got. You know, does he that. just walk down? Does he you know, have the headphones on? Does he go chair bro and do all that stuff? You'd sign him It'd up straight away, cool. wouldn't you? Hey? <laughs> if you see him walk in with that, you wouldn't even bother yeah. with the negotiations. That's it. Just sign him go, up, oh, baby. This guy's got it, you know? And then, like, because he went around with the New South Wales one, he's got a Panthers one, every club he goes to, he goes, this could be you. Does he have a red and green one if he goes <laughs> to the Rabbits? Does he have a Raiders one? Does he have, you know, all the different ones? You know, does he have a Dolphins one? <laughs> you know, and he just plays that beautiful, relaxing music. <laughs> Could you like imagine him music? rocking up just with the speaker that. to Wayne? See, that's, see <laughs> it's just endless, the things that he could come up with. There you go. Well, watch this space anyway. So <laughs> could hit the open market on November 1. But I so. like it. Do you know what? I like a player getting ahead of himself, you know, not being a sheep and following it and having a manager getting out there and learning how to negotiate. In the end, it is his career. Mm-hmm. Well, good on him. Watch this space. Lots to play out. Lots to play out on the field as well with six rounds remaining. So, Gordy, you have a good week. We'll watch you on 360 over the next few nights. You will. Busy times for you. Do you watch the show? Absolutely. Yes, I do. So you don't watch 100% footy? They're on at different times. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm usually still in the office at 6.30. I watch 100% footy too. Yeah? I like it. I love Gus. I actually love Gus. Are you being facetious? <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no. I've got to always hear what he's got to say. Yeah. <laughs> he's got me under his spell, the great Gus. Because whether you agree or not, it's always an opinion. It's strong or mm. this or whether you know he's not giving you everything. So he's very cryptic. Yeah. So you got to sort of listen to what he's doing and try to work out whether he's really for the guy or not for the guy. What's happening? I love the great Gus. Great for Channel 9, but equally 360 wouldn't be the same without you, Gordy. So two great shows in their own right. So enjoy the week and we'll see everyone next Monday for another edition. I think you're pitching for a job there, Emma. That's all right, get me one. Heard. You and me on 360, baby. Listen, I'm just warming up a seat. <laughs> see you you can take my seat, you can give me a couple of weeks off and you sit there, just you and Braith. No, we're a package deal. I'm not dealing with Brace. Just only you and I, baby. (laughs) Footy talking 360. (laughs) All right. See everyone next week.